Coming to you live from inside a volcano, it's the Movie Change It Up Podcast Disney Plus Weekly Review, where each week we break down and discuss uh, This Week in Disney Plus. It's kind of self-explanatory. That's my favorite thing about titles is they explain what the thing is. Uh, but you didn't come here to listen to me talk about titles. You came here to listen to us talk about Disney Plus. Uh, my name is Joe Friggy. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Tristan Mayer. Uh, we took last week off because unfortunately some people don't know how to drive and cut you off in traffic while you're on your way home to film said podcast and total your car and so you're kind of stuck and we ended up just canceling the episode so if you're a listener of this show and wondered hey why wasn't there an episode last week that's why and if you're wondering hey why didn't they tweet about why this show was canceled uh that's because i had other things on my mind uh like we were busy like oh gee i wish i had a car uh, but anyways, uh, some topics we're going to talk about today, uh, ho- the last two Hawkeye episodes, we're going to talk about the uh, new Will Smith National Gra- Geographic documentary show, Welcome to Earth, a show that dropped this week, Foodtastic, as well as the movie Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and some Star Wars acolyte casting, as well as talk about some of the uh, Book of Boba Fett TV spots that have dropped. Uh, Tristan, it's the same question I ask you every week, but... I guess we're going to expand it to two weeks now. What are your thoughts on the last two weeks here of Disney Plus? You know, does it make you feel like you're making a wise investment uh, keeping Disney Plus? Or are you kind of worn out wondering why do I keep paying for this? I'm definitely not worn out. You know, they could have easily got me to that point by the end of this year. You know, you get to the end of the year and I'm at the point now where I'm kind of like reavail. I like to use the end of the year to like reevaluate my finances and be like, okay, what am I paying for month to month? What do I actually use? What am I going to cancel? And I guess at a point where... Like, I know I do the show, so I'm not going to cancel Disney Plus, but, like, you think about it, and you're like, okay, I pay this much for it, and how much am I getting it? And the fact that I use this platform, like, multiple times a week, for me, is a pretty good, like, just the fact that it has one or two shows that I come back to is enough for me to feel like it was worth my investment. And Hawkeye has been a really pleasant watch, especially at the Christmas season. It's been unseasonably warm in the Midwest for Christmas this year, so Hawkeye is, like, my my snow for the year, (laughs) it seems. But it's giving me the Christmas cheer. I love the character. I love the original comic. So this is definitely like a comfort watch for me here. I can understand if you're not a big Marvel and DC, I mean, a Marvel and Star Wars fan to be like, yeah, I'm not getting much out of this. But like, then you get Beatles get back. You get stuff that is kind of off off the radar that you wouldn't necessarily be watching if you hadn't gotten this. So I think it's worth it for me. You know, I'm still in love with Beatles get back. And Hawkeye is still doing pretty good. And you look at what we got coming up and we've got a pretty loaded like 2022 is just not going to stop. You know, every week we'll have something to talk about. So, yeah, the fact that every single week they're dropping something I, I'm interested in is pretty impressive for a platform like this. Yeah, they kind of uh, know what the people want, I think. Uh, and I think it helps that they have a lot of big properties where, you know, places like Netflix don't really have properties. They have to build up their own catalog in there. Outside of, uh, outside of Stranger Things, I don't know what big pop cultural thing they have running in Stranger Things hasn't almost come out in like two years now so and honestly if a new season comes out does anyone care we'll find out I guess but let's talk about actual Disney Plus content not Netflix content and so we will kick it off with Hawkeye Uh, we have talking about episodes four and five and we have episode four was titled partners am I right question mark and episode five was titled Ronin Uh, Tristan uh, what what were your kind of general thoughts on these episodes? Did you like it? 
So, yeah, I'm liking it a lot. Uh, we mentioned that we figured this show is going to like escalate as it goes along and be like, oh, by the end of the season, it's going to be so big. And I'm happy that it didn't escalate nearly as much as I thought that it would. It obviously did. It brought in characters like Kingpin that showed up for this Spo- episode. Wait, the newest episode. In the show? <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it definitely got larger in that sense. But it wasn't like I expected by this point to be like, oh, Sharon Carter's here. And, and so is Madam Hydra. And so is everybody else. And they're doing a good job keeping this like a street level show and keeping the action street level and the, and the stakes street level, not feeling like they're suddenly overwhelming themselves with a larger universe. And as this goes along, it, is, it seems like for me, it's getting better and better. And yeah. I have some questions Like we only got one episode left, I think at this point. And just the one there's quite a lot to wrap up plot wise. So I think it'll be cr- it's hard to criticize the pacing of this when you don't really have like the finale yet. So you don't know how it all wraps up. I do think there are some pacing problems in this, in this season so far, but overall I'm having a great time with the characters. I'm having a great time with uh, just this. It's a new perspective on the MCU in, in a way, because you've been so cosmic for so long. This genuinely feels like a street level show. In uh, the way that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, this feels even more street level. This feels like, you know, a hero on the streets of New York trying to save the day. And that's what I wanted from the show and these shows in the first place. So this is continuing to give me what I wanted. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been fun. I think Loki's probably still my number one, but this is a second. Maybe if the finale crushes it, uh, it could make the jump past Loki, but I doubt it. Uh, However, you know, that's no shame on this show. The show is really good. It's my second favorite uh, of the MCU shows, unless the, ending totally tanks it and it sucks and it might it will probably fall bef- below falcon and winter soldier i can't see it falling below wandavision that show is garbage huh. and, uh, and, uh, but, yeah. It, but yeah it was you know this we could talk about the plot and like that and the review of it um but i more want to dive into the series especially when one of the episodes is a week old yeah, I want to mention a little bit. Uh, Florence Pugh finally shows up. We were yeah. kind of waiting for what she, her role in the show was going to be, and I didn't think it would be this late in the in the runtime. But no, as I soon thought... as she shows up, she's like a an an added presence. Or what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was just gonna say like I thought she would have been like an episode two kind of person. Like, okay, episode one, these characters meet, and then episode. Mm-hmm. I thought she was gonna be the main villain of this season. Uh, like after watching, mm-hmm. uh. After watching Black Widow and that post-credit scene of like her being like Clint Barton's her next target, I thought for sure she's the main villain. But I f- she I feel like she almost came in and immediately is almost an ally, and I think that's how she's gonna continue. Like somewhat she's fighting against them, but you're getting the vibe watching her. Like this whole fighting thing isn't gonna last very long. Yeah, I like that scene between her and uh, Kate when they're making macaroni and just having like a conversation, you know, and. Haley Seinfeld and, and Florence Pugh are pretty big name actresses, like some of the it stars of the time right now. So it's really cool to see them together in this universe. And yeah. I do think this show has one episode left, so I would imagine that it's not going to be completely resolved. A lot of these plot lines, like I, I'm sure we're going to see more of Haley Seinfeld and more of Florence Pugh and, and like Secret Wars and some of the going forward shows. So we're at the point now where I am starting to wonder like, how much of this is wrapped up? How much of this is left unresolved? What, where do we take up with these characters next? You know, you want, you want to get into the theory section. So I think that's kind of a lot of my questions is like, yeah, that's my thing. what. What's the future of these characters? 
Yeah, because like part of me wants wonders like what is Clint Barton's fate at the end of this. I know like we were talking about Heavy Steinfeld and Florence Pugh, but I mean the show is called Hawkeye. It's focused on him. I'm very curious what his ultimate fate is in this show. Like they're almost setting him up and. Everything about him is like, oh, you could be a leader, you could be a symbol, like you could actually like promote yourself and get yourself out there more. And to me, with that whole like that being his arc, I can't see it ending with his death. Like that, it just wouldn't fit to me. Now maybe we will watch episode six, and I'm like, okay, his death. You know, if he happens to die, uh, that seemed fitting and a good end to the story based on what they do with episode six. But I just can't see it being that. I almost. I almost could see it more of him stepping down and retiring and being like, I'm done. And her being the one that's more of like, okay, I'm Hawkeye now, but I want to be more like the symbol and be that where Clint is more like, I'm done. You're Hawkeye. Now you go be the symbol. Yeah. I think death is a possibility for him, but I don't think it's the most likely one, especially after this scene here, like the Natasha Memorial where he has that heart to heart of saying like how much she meant to him and, much he misses her and he has that cool line of like and i'm sorry for what i'm about to do when he puts up his hood and like becomes ronin again and i don't think death is the end of the arc for this character and i think it would feel a bit like a slap in the face you know Natasha gave up her life to save clint and then he just goes and dies in the next appearance he has yeah. <laughs> uh but i i think either he retires and lives with his family at the end of this or he does re- become like an advisor an advisor role who shows up for a couple episodes here and there and is not like a lead of a show again but i do think we're going to get a conclusion to hawkeye's arc here and i don't expect it to be like oh and hawkeye 2 is going to be him doing it again i think if we get a hawkeye season 2 it's going to be him as like a couple scenes here and there similar presence to like his wife in this one where he comes she comes in for like a, a scene every couple episodes you know yeah and i i understand part of like the young avengers arc in the comics is them coming together themselves but I could in a way see him being like the Nick Fury of the Young Avengers yeah I think that's possible and I think they can still come together themselves and then have to go to him for help at some point in their in their growth and then another big theory going on right now is, I mean, obviously a big theory last week was who's the person in charge, and that was obviously answered this week, so there's no point in speculating on it. But there was something dropped in the last week's episode with the watch, and I'm very curious if you have any thoughts, any theories on who the watch belongs to. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm wondering because it, it didn't necessarily come up much in this episode here, so... It seems like it's something that going to have to address in the next one. I'm kind of, I started to kind of wonder, not so much this week, but I was thinking last week it might be related to Natasha, and it might be like a, like, not so much the value of the watch itself, but like the the emotional value, <laughs> you know, like it was Natasha's. It has some kind of data on that of her. Maybe we'll even get like a Scarlett Johansson scene or something, you know? She recorded some archive footage type scene where it's like, oh, she's going to play back this video message of her. It's on this watch. Yeah. That's what, that's the theory I'm going with. Is that it's like a, it's Natasha's watch, and there's going to be some kind of emotional attachment to it because it's hers, yeah. and it's like her, the last thing he has of her. The one thing, though, I will point out is he does refer to the watch owner as a he. So, oh, well, never mind. So my thing, he says it's someone. He said he's been out of the game a while, and and so my theory is uh, it's either a Nick Fury. And uh, and uh, Clint Barton knows that the Nick Fury that's on Earth operating right now is a scroll, 
and it maybe like we get that as a post credit scene and lead more into secret wars or um it's Coulson's watch I was thinking that too Phil Coulson I think is a really good pull because people love Agent Coulson and it if they're going to bring in anybody from Agent of Shield it's going to be him mm-hmm. you know and that could be the way to kind of some way or another lampshade Agent of Shield is existing in his own way and not have to acknowledge it in, a, in like plot wise but just be like oh yeah he he had this other experience. And yeah. I I think that's a much better prediction than what I had, Joe. <laughs> I think Phil Coulson is what I'm going to run with. That's kind of like my running second one because I think there's no excuse for him not to be in the MCU. He's, not, he's, a, he's a working actor. He's an actively yeah. working actor, so I'm sure he's busy. But like he seemed to love the character, and he I'm sure he'd be more than more than happy to take the Marvel checks again and come back and show up for the shows. Yeah, I'm going Agent Coulson. Uh, anything else you want to bring up for the show? No, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up, what episode left, and uh, a lot to fill in and a lot to leave us for what's next. And I imagine we get a post credit scene next week because we haven't gotten one yet. I thought we'd get one this week. Yeah. I even forgot about it. I didn't even check. I didn't even wait for the end of the credits. So I'm glad that you know that we for sure didn't get one. Uh, so, next topic at hand is the Will Smith uh, National Geographic show, Welcome to Earth. Uh, I think you and I both watched the first episode that dealt a lot with sound. I'm going to be honest, every National Geographic show that they've had on Disney+, Plus that's been a Disney Plus exclusive, I thought was bad. Didn't care for it, didn't like it, didn't interest me. There was the Chris Hemsworth one about sharks. There's been a few others that, oh, there was the Inspector, or the Inspector, the Jacques... Jacques Cousteau or whatever his name is uh, <laughs> documentary and I, could, I couldn't even make it 20 minutes in because I'm like I don't care about this guy I didn't grow up watching his stuff like whatever this is the first one I can honestly say I was actually interested in and I'm actually going to go back and watch uh, the other ones now that I have time and I'm not focused on buying a new car uh, I really liked it I thought it was actually kind of interesting telling me stuff I didn't know but also done in a compelling way uh, what were your thoughts yeah, I like this a lot. You mentioned the Chris Hemsworth uh, series, and this is the most like the Chris Hemsworth one compared to the other series they've done. You know, I think of like the Gal Gadot Impact one where she's involved from the from the background, you know, from the COVID studio filming these voiceover type things. And I really appreciate that this had Will Smith directly involved in the action going out to these places, exploring these places. And I think that adds a ton to this show. Like Will Smith is a really charismatic actor he's been in the pop culture forefront for so long and just seeing him go out and do these cool things is gonna be a lot of fun and yeah i i didn't watch more than the first episode of the chris hemsworth, chris hemsworth show i didn't watch much of the gaga one well, i think this chris hemsworth I, one was just a movie but or like a movie. documentary uh and then this one i'm gonna be definitely watching it it's a perfect show for like you're doing something and you put it on <laughs> yeah. you know like when i'm doing show notes I'll put this show on, surely, and look up for the parts that are cool, and I can hear what he's saying. And yeah, the, this is a nice kind of comfort watch. A nice throw it on when you have nothing else to do. You don't want you want something with really great visuals. You know, you look up and you look at some of these crazy. The first one kind of has a set like a volcano for a lot of the time, so you get that ex- exotic location. And you look at the upcoming stuff. There's like some really really gorgeous looking visuals. So I, this is one that I think is going to be a background watch for sure. One that I just put on and look up for the cool stuff. Look up for Will Smith and 
yeah, I'll I'll be watching more of this one. Yeah, definitely. It was a fun watch. Uh, whole family can watch it. It's educational, but also I would say rather entertaining. And if you kind of were bored by some of the other National Geographic uh, shows on Disney Plus, I'd say definitely check this one out because this one was without a doubt the most interesting and the, my favorite of all of the ones I've watched. Um, and I, I like that they have like a concise topic each time. Like this one dealt with sound. Like they had a, a blind guy that was this adventurer. He was climbing up the side of a volcano with Will Smith and uh, the whatever scientist they were with. And it was kind of interesting hearing his, his perspective of like he could pick up on sounds that the other two couldn't. And he was just like, oh, it's so loud. Like I can feel it. And yeah, it I really like it's Will Smith just kind of going out and like discovering humanity, you know, it's similar to the Jeff Goldblum show. Uh, oh, I will say that's a just good kind one of too, going out and experiencing I, culture. I forgot about that one. That one's a good one too. Uh, I really like that one as well. If you haven't seen the world according to Jeff Goldblum, check that out as well. Yeah. This is like the earth according to Will Smith. You know, it's very much about nature and the earth. And he's also on like the humanity. Like you said, he, uh, that guy he meets who is like, Oh, I hear all these sounds, but people don't hear. And he, he, gets it kind of like subcultures of these parts of earth. (laughs) So yeah, I liked it a lot. Easily the best of these national geographic shows, I would say. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to move on to foodtastic? It's going to be all you on this one, Joe, because I did not, uh, check out foodtastic, but the thumbnails look very, very delicious. Joe, would you learn any, can you make me some nice stuffed, uh, stuffed death stars here or some cooked, uh, aliens, some toy story. What do you got for me? So I watched two episodes of this. I watched uh, the Star Wars one and the Avengers one. And uh, unless you're a massive fan of these food cooking uh, competition shows, I'm going to say there's really no need to watch this. I I, I like some shows. I watch Cutthroat Kitchen a bit. I watch Chopped a bit. And this is similar to that. But I almost feel like it's steered to a younger audience than me in a way. Uh, Kiki Palmer's the host and I think she does exactly what she's asked to do. Uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, someone that you and I, I don't know if you watched any of her shows, but she was a Nickelodeon kid uh, when we were growing up. She had True Jackson VP and she's done uh, some other stuff and I think she does a good job hosting. But they do a lot of stuff on these type of shows that I don't like. Like I wish they were just like, hey, uh, go out there and make uh, your own version of a Star Wars ship uh, but it's all got to be edible. But instead, it's like Kiki Palmer opens the show and she's like pretending to be a re- you know member of the rebellion and she's like, oh, we've been attacked. I need help. Uh, you know, I need you guys to make a ship to help me like defeat the empire and escape. And then they build it. They go and they build this ship. And then she's like, oh, the Death Star is approaching. And so then they have to go and build the Death Star. And then like at the end, they blow it up. And there were. There's three teams, and basically the format of the show is they introduce the topic, like what I said with the Star Wars one, and then they uh, throw a wrench in there, like, oh, you have to build the Death Star as well, and then at the end they just pick the winner. Well, in the Star Wars one, minor spoilers, uh, there were three ships built, like I said, uh, and one ship was clearly far and away better. It The other ones were like four by four maybe and this one was like eight foot long made out of gingerbread looked amazing looked better than the other two ships and twice as big uh but it lost because it didn't fit the storyline of like they're the rebellion 
uh, and they have to build a ship to defeat the Empire because their ship looked too Imperial. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? They're, they're, they're just <laughs> better. Sorry that it didn't fit your dumb storyline. Uh, but yeah, I hate, I didn't like, I don't like that aspect. And the Marvel one, I, the Marvel one was the, all of the things they made were so laugh. They're basically, you had to make two Avengers that had walked through a portal to defeat a witch, which that storyline wasn't as bad because it basically just like, Hey, make two Avengers out of edible material. And then the wrench was like, Oh, you have to make your own infinity stone and make, a thing to encase it, which is fine. And only one set was good. They had <laughs> one set, one group of three. Uh, their two characters they chose were Captain America and Iron Man. The other group of three picked Nebula and Groot. And then the other group of three picked Black Panther and Rocket. And only one of the groups looked adequate at best the other two look so horrendously bad that i'm like how did you not just cut this episode and refilm a different marvel episode with different people like the create watch the marvel episode tristan when we're done and just scroll to the end and see their creations because they are so bad they kept praising they're like oh my god their captain america looks so good it did not it looked like a thing of nightmares. It was ho- so. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at their Captain America and their Iron Man right now. The Nebula I... was the worst one. Okay, spoiler alert. Uh, Black Panther and Rocket won because the Rocket looked really good. Their Black Panther was <laughs> solid, but the other two teams were so bad. The Nebula, <laughs> the their Groot, their Groot looked mentally challenged. Like I, I the... it, it was bad. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Uh, not very appetizing, I'll say that much. Anything that stood out to you in those two episodes, at least of like, what were the ones where you're like, oh, I'd eat that, you know? Anything, anything it's out of the It's hard because like a lot really of delicious? it's com- com- combinations of stuff that it's like you wouldn't put together to eat. Like, yes, it's all edible technically, but it'd be like, okay, we made it this part out of this and this part out of this and it's all next to each other. It's like, okay, yeah, like that's made out of chocolate and that's made out of potatoes and both of them are edible, but like, why are they together? Yeah, that's, for me, that's not impressive on the show. Like, I like these shows more where they're like, oh, we're making like a legit meal. Like, we're making a cake or we're making, it's like, I understand there's an art to gluing salad to like potatoes so that it looks like Groot's head or whatever, but like I, I'd be more impressed if you're like, oh, this is an edible cake that looks exactly like Rocky Raccoon. You can cut through his head, and it's just it's just cake, you know. Yeah. And that would be that'd be more interesting than oh yeah, we we got lettuce and we taped it to like uh, you know, some, some fruits, you know, <laughs> and yeah, then it became. I know I was talking shit about the storyline aspect of it, but part of me kind of wants to watch the other one, like just watch the first five minutes to see what like what dumb storyline did they come up with for the Toy Story episode or the Lion King episode or the Wreck It Ralph episode. They did run the gambit. Like if you're a fan of anything Disney, like there's an episode there for you that they're gonna make stuff that you care about. There's like I said, Wreck It Ralph episode, a Lion King episode, I believe a Beauty and the Beast episode, obviously a Star Wars and a Marvel episode. There's a Toy Story. There's a Cars. Yeah. Uh, up. There's an Up one. It looks like they yeah, made so the house from Up. They have Pirates of the Caribbean has an episode. Yeah, yeah. So you're covering the wide range of Disney here. Yeah. I just, I just, 
number one, maybe come up with, because they had to make life-size. The the characters they made are life-size, and I think that was not the best. I feel like if they're to do a second batch of episodes of this, if they were like, hey, we cut the dumb storyline aspect and then also gave them more reasonable uh, asks, I would definitely watch this show. Like the Star Wars one, uh, I think everything came out looking fine. It looked good. It looked, you know, something you'd see in a Food Network competition show. Um, it was just the Avengers ones were so bad that I'm like, how did they allow this? Like, these, you're propping these people up as, like, the best of the best at what they do, and they all looked horrible. But I feel like I'm harping on this too much. It was just watch. Well, I, it was just watching it, them praising it, be like, wow, the, those characters look amazing. And I'm sitting there going, like, I think I could make ones that look that terrible. Um, but I'm ready to move on to our next topic if you are. I don't, yeah, I, I don't I'm ready to move on. Too much. Right now I'm looking at the uh, the edible version of Simba and Zazu from Lion King. All right. So uh, I'm checking out the Lion King episode right now. It is funny. You know, if you're going to watch it, just scroll to the end and, and watch like the 10 minutes where they reveal their final products. It's yeah. pretty good. All right. Our next topic we have is Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Uh, based on the popular book series, there also is a live-action movie. Uh, Tristan, I don't know what your knowledge is of this, you know, universe, this franchise. I know nothing about it. Didn't watch the live-action movie, didn't read the books, because reading's stupid. Why would you read something when you can watch a movie? Duh. Um, I thought this movie was not for me. It was Maybe if I was 12, I'd be into it, but I'm like, I don't care for this animation style. I understand it's kind of a 3D version of what the kind of 2d cover of the books and the artwork in the books look like but i i I don't know it wasn't for me the storyline was nothing i really cared about um it just felt very much like a half hour episode of like a lame television show stretched into like just over an hour uh but but you saw it as well what were your thoughts yeah it does feel very tv there's some as I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a failed pilot for a Disney Plus show or something. They were like, oh, we're going to make a Diary of a Whoopi Kids show, but they kind of expanded it out into this into this half feature length type thing. Like it's, 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 it's kind of movie length. It's what, like an hour? Yeah, <laughs> I was about to turn it off and be like, I'm done with this. I'm, I can't. I, I just don't care about this. And then I saw there were like 10 minutes left and I'm like, I guess I'll just finish it. Yeah, it's an interesting direction because you mentioned the live action movies, and I do have some familiarity with the book because I I read a couple of the books. They were slightly after my like time as a child reader, you know, <laughs> so they were like below my reading level, but they were very very popular. So I did give a chance to the first two, and I think if you're a fan of the book, you might you might get something out of this because the opening credits or probably my favorite part <laughs> because it's very, it's like the opening credits are like r- literally the art from the book, you know, Yeah. come to life. So I was like, Oh, are they going to like really lean into the, into the art style of the book, which I think would have maybe made a better TV show, at least a more unique one that would have looked interesting. Uh, I didn't hate the animation style. Like you said, it feels like a 3d version of the 2d art. So I kind of appreciated it from that regard, you know, and, at least some pretty expressive faces and things like that. So it looks unique, which I'll give it credit for. But not exactly a compelling storyline, and it feels like it's halfway stuck between a movie and a TV show, and I wish they would have picked one or the other. Like, Because this just feels like a pilot to me, and it has some entertaining moments. Like, I'm going to say if you have a kid, 
this isn't going to be one of those things where you put it on and you're like hating yourself for watching it. You know, like you're going to get some, some chuckles <laughs> here and there yeah. and you might get something out of the animation style. It's really interesting and expressive. They look like these kind of like walking little balls or, <laughs> or like sausages sometimes, you know, and it's kind of a fun looking, looking short, but yeah, not something that really resonated with me. I, I think I liked it a bit more than Joe because I have some familiarity with the characters and like the art style of the original, but it feels kind of random almost like, talks about it feels like filler content where it's like oh we have this ip so let's just like produce something that people will watch on our service yeah. you know i didn't look into the production of this but i'd really be curious to see like the production story of this and what it like are they doing more of these as a series i would like to look it up a little bit so if you want to give your thoughts for a second i can see what I mean, this my is. thoughts are if you're a big fan of this franchise and you're like diary of a wimpy kid I, you know i love that it's amazing i would say watch this you might think this is amazing too if you're like you know i've heard about this diary of a wimpy kid thing you know a lot of these youngins are talking about it maybe i'll check it out I'll tell you right now you're gonna think it's fucking ass that's what i thought thought it wasn't very good i didn't care for it i didn't like it it was not what i would regularly watch if we did not have this disney plus review show i would have made it like 15 minutes in but i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this for the show and then when I couldn't take it anymore, like I said, I almost turned it off, but I realized there were 10 minutes left. And I'm like, well, seven of those 10 minutes are going to be credits. So I think I can stick it out another three minutes. And I <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, I looked it up right now, and they are planning some sequels for this. Well, so, you can review those. And I'll give credit to the movie for what it's doing. And the uh, author of the original books uh, wrote the wrote the screenplay for this, which is interesting. You know, I think it's... He's kind of involved in this in this franchise very specifically. You know, he's talked about how he's a producer and he wants to like adapt his books for Disney Plus shows and and Disney sometimes, especially on the Marvel side, can be very much like throwing away their authors to like just use their characters. So I'll give them credit for that little tiny gold where it's like you know, you give your credit to the author. You know, I'll, I'll take that for some positive reviews here. Yep. We're going to go to our next topic, which is probably be short, but... Yeah, I'm ready for the next one. All right, we got a little bit of casting news a couple a couple days ago, a little over a week ago, and that is Amanda Stenberg has been cast in Star Wars Acolyte. I'm going to be honest, I'm not really familiar with their work. don't really know what they do. I know they were in uh, The Hate You Give, and that's about it, but I have not watched that movie. And I know they were in The Hunger Games. Also, I haven't watched that. I guess their death, spoiler alert, is a big, shocking, <laughs> heart-wrenching moment. I wouldn't know. Uh, so I mainly left this on here because I figured maybe you know about what they what they do. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't realize until you said that that they were also Rue in the Hunger Games, uh, which, yeah, the big, that's like kind of the, I would argue, like the emotional moment of the entire franchise of Hunger Games, the one that I think people remember. If you don't know, I mean, I guess I can spoil Hunger Games from 2012. <laughs> if you if you haven't watched Hunger Games yet and you're mad that I spoiled it, you didn't care about Hunger Games. Yeah, she plays this very young girl at that point in her career. She's very young, and she's like the tragic death of the first Hunger Games movie where she dies kind of towards the end, and her and Katniss to become close, and Katniss is kind of like this mentor figure in a way to her, and then she dies, and it's kind of like the reality check of the first movie, and 
Uh, it's kind of where, you know, where the movie everyone, or like in the fandom of Hunger Games, people hold up their fingers like this and kind of like to the sky, you know, that's kind of a Hunger Games thing. And that comes in a way from this scene where when she dies, all the candidates have this moment of like remembrance really go like this and hold the figures to the sky for her. So that is kind of what her role was in that movie. And yeah, he said she was kind of like the heart of that first movie. So I'm excited to see what she can, or what they can bring to uh, the role here in, in Star Wars. Uh, Acolyte is really interesting. High Republic's an interesting setting, and I like this actor. I like the way that she looks. You know, she has a cool look to her. There's not much else you can go off of that, but like she look, they look cool. <laughs> I try my best. They look cool. Hey, and... you're the one that messed up, not me. So now you know you mess it up once, and then you just keep wanting to mess it up. But yeah, uh, yeah they, I like the look of them, and I think they'll be an interesting lead to Star Wars, and especially a franchise that needs some diversity to have not just a black person, but to have a, a a trans person in the cast is really actually a positive thing. And I think it's going to be good for star Wars to have a diverse lead in their series. I can't imagine the internet discourse around this <laughs> at the time it comes out, but yeah, there's going to uh, be a lot Reddit's going to be a great place to be when, uh, this, the first trailer I think drops. That's, that's where I'm going to be. What's, what's the people on the, what's the people on Facebook saying? That's, that's what I live for. It's just Let's see, you get the people word of the people, talk. you know. Twitter, Twitter will be fine. Um, Twitter will be fine, you know. Instagram, no one cares about politics <laughs> on Instagram or you know social awareness on Instagram. Facebook, that's the place to be. Facebook will be where the fights are at. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> we also, sticking with Star Wars, uh, had a number of. Uh, uh, TV spots drop. It seems like they're dropping a re-edit of the same thing every day. Uh, I think for the most part, 99% of the shots we've seen are from most likely the first episode. And when I say 99%, there's not a 1% that I have one specific shot in mind. It's probably just like one of them from episode, one shot from episode two. Uh, but I have images here, and I will throw them up really quick. Uh, first uh, shot, it's a little hazy, little foggy image, and that is, my guess, is confirmation, essentially, that we are going to see the Tusken Raiders save Boba Fett from the Sarlacc. I think Sarlacc dies, he crawls out, and uh, he's saved by the Tusken Raiders, which flows right into this next image of Boba Fett in Bacta. I, I don't know if maybe the Tusken Raiders survive, or, uh, supply the Bacta, or maybe they just uh, allow him to live long enough to get to a place that has Bacta. I don't really see Tusken Raiders as the type to have a Bacta tank readily available. And then this third image I got here is just Boba Fett hanging out with Fennec Shand with some random guy in the background. And it uh, looks like we have some Gamorrean guards behind them. Uh, what are your thoughts on these images, Tristan? Yeah, like you said, they seem to be releasing a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> like, the teasers, it's like, oh, here's, like, one new shot or, like, a couple of the new shots, and that's fine by me. You know, I think less is better when it comes to this kind of stuff. I like to go into, specifically Star Wars, I, I like the idea of going in rather blind, you know, and getting less and less so that... They're, they're not allowing you to watch this any other way. We know three cast members' names. We knew more about uh, Spider-Man no way home a year ago than we know about book of boba fett and that comes out in two weeks so less than two yeah. weeks i'm excited for it the mystery of it is really fun and the fact that 
I think the fact that so much of the discourse and the rumor discussion has been so focused on Spider-Man over the last year has kind of let Star Wars like slip under the radar, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think if there were a lot more eyes on Mando, we might be getting some more stuff out of it. But yeah, I, I'm excited. He said it's two weeks away and we know so little. I don't remember who said it, but there was an article recently that said so much of the trailers and the marketing have come from just the first few minutes of the first episode because uh, the first episode has some kind of big reveal that they couldn't give away in the trailers, so they've had to play it kind of lightly of what they show and don't show. So, What's your prediction? What's that big reveal? It's got to be a character reveal, right? It's got to be Cad Bane or some other kind of legacy character that they're trying to keep shut, like whoever the main antagonist of this is, because we don't have an idea of who the villain is at all, you know? Like, the villain just kind of like, oh, the the crime, you know? <laughs> crime is the bad guy of this one, so... We're going to get a, a character that embodies crime in some way, like some some kind of character that could be the embodiment of that of that boil. I'm thinking of a character with nice, deep blue skin, big red eyes, and a toothpick hanging out of the side of his mouth. That's my prediction. Yeah, that's probably the biggest, easiest prediction. But, uh, yeah, when they say they only showed a couple of minutes of uh, footage in here, I believe it because they – what they've shown has been so limited, whether it's the pictures or whether it's the footage, the actual like video footage they've shown is, yeah, they're very, very limited. So I, I just can't wait to get this to the chance to watch this. And yeah, we had the Mandalorian season two and Ahsoka, uh, a couple of the big characters that came back, like Ahsoka was spoiled. I guess Luke wasn't spoiled, Luke but wasn't spoiled. everybody Ahsoka else was spoiled basically and, uh, was spoiled. Face was spoiled too as well. Uh, 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 we know who we're talking about. Yeah, I know. I know who you are. The I'm the Mandalorian. That's the good. That's in in Clone Satine's Wars and Rebels. Sister. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bo-Katan. 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 You're right. There we go. We got there. We we know. We're smart. We're Star Wars fans. So I, it's going to be fun to actually have the shock this time. You know, like when the character shows up, I'm not going to be like, yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> like it's not like when Bo-Katan showed up in Mandalorian, I was excited, but I was also like, well, yeah. And then when Ahsoka shows up, I was like, well, yeah. And this is when someone shows up, whether it's Cad Bane or anybody else, I'm going to have that moment of shock of like, oh, they're actually in this? Or... Yep. I already know my plan. They I'm actually gonna, go there? I'm going to wake up an hour early for work on Wednesday, and I'm going to watch it. I, I'm going to do that for Hawkeye this week, and then I'm going to do it for Boba Fett next week. I I had the Kingpin uh, thing spoiled for me on Twitter. I made it through most of the day, and then uh, – uh, a video auto played on my Twitter as I was scrolling through, and I just saw uh, Jeremy Renner say the words "kingpin" with a fucking image <laughs> of goddamn what's his face's name talking to uh, 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 Kate Bishop's mom. Also, uh, we didn't talk about it when we were talking about Hawkeye. Confirmation that Kate Bishop's mom is the villain, right? Yep, uh, we knew that all along. But it's one of those reveals where it's not even played as like it's not a twist necessarily as much as it's just it was like, like a reveal. We've been telegraphing. They're like we've been telegraphing that so hard. If you didn't pick up on that by now, like what show have you been watching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, gonna be in a good week next week. We got the Hawkeye finale, so that'll be a fun one to talk about. And then mm-hmm. it's the end of the year, so we we practically made it through twenty twenty one. Yeah. Somehow. Question. Um, so. We've got Kingpin appearance. Um, any chance we may see other Marvel characters from the Netflix universe maybe pop up in a Disney Plus show? I, I absolutely guess, think know, so. You know, could you see uh, 
to see the Punisher played by John Bernthal appearing in any of these shows, you know, could you see potentially like a Matt Murdock appearing in any of these shows? Um, from, you know, uh, the actor that played uh, uh, Luke Cage, whose name I'm blanking on. Maybe even Iron Fist. Maybe the Kevin Feige will be like, I'm going to do what Netflix couldn't and I'm going to make Iron Fist cool. Do they? Is Iron Fist, do you think, something maybe they recast because they're like, people hated that so much. We're just going to... Go with a different guy. Cause I think I think the move at this point, honestly, is the Netflix is just a different universe in the multiverse, right? It yeah. allows you to kind of do what you want. No one cares about Defenders. Like the only thing, only shows people genuinely care about with that is the first two seasons of Daredevil and the season of Punisher. And like Luke Cage, everyone was like the first half of season one was. I don't even know if they made multiple seasons of Luke Cage, but I remember like the first half of season one was great and the second half was not good. So I think honestly, the best move is to just be like, yeah, it's a different universe in the multiverse so like sometimes we can keep the same things like with J. Jonah Jameson and uh, Spider-Man but other times it's uh, you know it's a different person if it didn't work out yeah I think we definitely will see more of these characters one way or another uh, Matt Murdock I think we uh, will see more of in, in certain ways but I, I I think he's the most likely that we'll see more of yeah. whether it's in a movie whether it's in a movie form or whether it's in a TV form, I think certainly he'll come back. I think he's the most likely. I also think Deborah Ann Wolf, who played Karen Page, yeah. I think, honestly, she's a very, very high likely chance coming out because uh, that's such a minor character to bring back that it doesn't really affect a lot. So you could easily have her come into a scene. And she's also been kind of hyping up her role on Twitter a lot recently, the same way that Vincent Naprio was before he was revealed to come back. And he's been tweeting a lot about her. And Charlie Cox was tweeting about her. So I wonder if, like, the, as the trio, essentially, like, it's going to be Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Deborah Ann Wolf are, like, the ones you bring back. John Bernthal, I think, they could bring back, too. No love for and that everybody guy. else, you get dumped. No love for the actor that played uh, Foggy Nelson? I mean, I think he's it's possible, but... I think, okay, I think, though, if you bring back... Uh, if they happen to bring back Matt or uh, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, you bring back John Bernthal as the Punisher. You bring back Deborah Ann Wall as Karen Page. You bring back Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. You either don't bring back Foggy Nelson or you bring back the same actor because at that point it's just weird if it's a different guy. Yeah, I think you bring him back if you're actually doing like a Daredevil show and you're going to show everybody again. But my mindset is that we don't. I think. We see these characters in Secret Wars as alternate versions of themselves. Like we're going to see the Punisher. We're going to see the Daredevil in Secret Wars. That's my guess. And then that's kind of their way of being able to say, okay, we're going to multi-persist in that. We're going to say, okay, whoever we like says, whoever we don't is going to is going to go. And I think that makes it a bit confusing. So I almost wonder if they're going to get rid of everybody. But the Kingpin reveal this week makes it seem obvious that they're not going to do that. So there's at least going to be one or two that come through. Can, I just want a scene where Happy Hogan bumps into whatever version of Foggy we have, and like they have like a look at each other, and I'll be like, "Fuck yeah, Ben Affleck, Daredevil," you know. <laughs> look, Secret Wars could bring back anybody, Joe. Yeah. People talking about multiverse. I think people talking about uh, multiverse of madness. I think we got to start getting our conversation towards Secret Wars. You know, it's the TV side of Marvel. I think it's going to be underlooked in terms of bringing the people back. All right. Anything else you got to talk about for Disney Plus this week? No, a great one. Uh, can't wait to talk about next week. You'd think with such a light week, we wouldn't have a lot to talk about, but... Well, that's because we had last week to talk about, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We doubled up this week. Next week, we just got the one, but... 
we got a Hawkeye finale and then probably some more Book of Boba Fett to talk about and maybe something else random will drop like Foodtastic. Yeah, we gotta watch more Foodtastic, you know. Diary would be good too. Uh, no, thank you. Do they got any more Beatles to get back in there? I can get like a part four. No. Three more hours. That was boring. All right. Uh, without further ado, goodbye. Hey, thank you for watching the Movie Change Up podcast. We'd really appreciate if you liked, commented, subscribed, and shared us with anyone you think might be into what we're doing over here. Thank you. Have a nice day.